Thanks for tuning in and watching, guys. Nanman here. I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out about all the other great content that is on all the channels that I've been producing. So if you guys are watching magic-related stuff, you know that on Modern Magic Monday's YouTube channel, we do have, of course, modern content. We've got commander content and cube content. There's also a podcast that kind of highlights different stuff that I'm doing in that scene, as well as kind of just other gaming-related stuff. And that is, of course, Nan Man's Nerd Corner. You can see that wherever podcasts are found. Uh, of course, on my original gaming channel for YouTube, youtube.com slash nanman. You can be able to see uh, video game stuff. There's Sea of Thieves content, Minecraft, lots of StarCraft stuff. There's a history, a look back at StarCraft 2 that kind of goes through the history of the start of esports, pretty much the explosion from 2010. So you guys can check out that sort of content. If you're liking this sort of stuff, you guys can also show additional support over on the Patreon. Of course, that is patreon.com slash therealnanman. Twitter is the same sort of deal, at therealnanman. You guys can, of course, find all the links to all the content and all the stuff that I'm doing down below. But the best way to show those supports, guys, is to hit those subscribes, the follows, all that kind of good stuff. Spread the word. Let people know about all the cool stuff that I've got going on here. But what's up, everyone? Nanman here with another modern meta breakdown video. And this time we're going to be checking out a really unique deck in the modern scene. We've been highlighting a lot of the kind of consistent decks, a lot of those mid-rangey, controlly decks, a lot of the stuff that kind of popped up since Modern Horizons 2, but this is a kind of newer deck that's been getting some more traction. People have been trying to tweak it and find the kind of most optimized version. And so now we're going to be talking about two versions that have been running around over the last month or so. All right, so you can see the list. You might have heard this, uh, Indomitable Creativity. If you're like, I've never heard of this card. Well, that's because it's never really seen play until now, I guess is the way to think about it. So uh, if you guys aren't familiar, you'll see some cards that are kind of rotating up above me here. Um, those are kind of the key components to kind of make this combo work. Um, but I'm going to highlight the specifics of the cards, what they do, why you're going to see these sort of strategies, what the deck is trying to do to get to this combo, you know, how is it going to be playing. So we're going to go through all of that today. So Indomitable Creativity, we're going back all the way to Kaladesh, not as old as some other cards that you see in Modern, but still a card that didn't really get to see much play, uh, but it costs, normally you're going to be paying four mana into it, right? Three red and then whatever else. You're going to destroy X target creatures. We're saying you're going to put one mana into it, cast it for four mana total. So you're going to destroy one of your own creatures, not your opponent's creatures. And you're going to be searching your library, revealing from the top, that is. Uh, not really searching, so it's not as good as some things. But hey, you're just going to flip over the top cards until you reveal that one creature. We're just going to play big dumb dudes like... Emrakul, Theon's Torn, so we've got a nice Annihilator 6, imagine facing that down on turn 6, or now the newer version is rocking the Sarah's Emissary there, which is a 7-7 flying, and you basically lock down people uh, from playing certain stuff. You and creatures you control have protection from the chosen type, so you can say, okay, I'm going to choose Creature, I'm going to choose Instant, I'm going to choose Sorcery, I'm going to choose Planeswalkers, I'm going to choose Enchantments, right? Artifacts, I guess, are in there, too. Most of the time, you're going to lose to combat damage, so picking creatures makes a lot of sense. If you're worried against losing against instants and sorceries, like if you're playing against burn, oh, hey, Sarah's Emissary, name instance, right? 
So you can be able to do it. Plus, a 7-7 flyer is a pretty scary clock that you have to deal with. Now, the Sarah's Emissary is the newer version of it. The older version, all right, was rocking out our Lorehold Dragon here, that Flying Vigilance Haste. It's a 5-5. When it attacks, you look at the top seven cards, and you get a reveal and cast an instant or sorcery from that with lesser mana value than the power of our Lorehold Dragon here. So in this instance, there was a historic or... Yeah, historic version of this deck essentially running around where it would just kind of infinitely cast time warps. Infinitely in the sense that, hey, I'm going to just attack, cast time warp, take an extra turn, attack, cast time warp, take an extra turn, a cast, you know, and so on. You just kind of one-shot somebody essentially. So that's the older version. Uh, it still exists. People can still try to run it. Not as consistent and streamlined as this newer version that people are running. I did want to highlight both versions, though, so you know that you could be able to. So if you want to be able to take a bunch of extra turns and kill someone that way, sweet. Go for that route. If you want the little bit more consistent route, the little bit safer route, go this way. The other thing to notice between uh, our list is kind of our slight numbers in Planeswalkers, right? Um, running Nahiri, running Teferi, running Ren and Six, where this one's Ren and Six, Teferi, and Jace. So that difference between Nahiri and Jace. I think at least having one Nahiri in the list, it, it seems smart uh, because with Nahiri, if you guys aren't familiar, it does have that um, ultimate ability that you can search your library for that creature and put it onto the battlefield. Then it gets bounced back to your hand. Uh, it's very quick and easy to ultimate, right? You're looting with it, plus two, discard a card, draw a card, um, and just kind of build up real quick, right? You only need to spend three turns before it's ultimated. So two turns to uptick it, and then on the third turn, you get to ultimate. Um, I mean, I can see why they're not running as much of it, because now they have other ways to, to do it. So Jace, you know, you've got that brainstorm ability with it. Um, you've got the delay factor with kind of bouncing things and that's a lot of what this deck is trying to do is delay 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 um now if you're looking at it and go okay how am i going to even be casting my indomitable creativity here well we'll get to that don't worry but let's talk about that delay factor first right we need to get enough mana we need to get to that point where we can cast it so we're going to be playing things like ren and six we're going to sit here and be able to recur our uh, lands help us thin out our deck a little bit seems great we also have a little bit of single target boom boom shoots things down if need be oh, that one damage is actually relevant when you think about that there's a monkey running around so that is important uh teferi is the best thing for it is hey you can't cast things during my turn so when i inevitably combo off with my abdominal creativity you can't interact with it so have fun dealing with an emercool um and then it's also got that bounce ability so you can delay again kind of keep keep people on their toes uh more delay factor that we're going for is fire and ice is in here so you can deal two damage to target uh creature or player you can divide it up as you choose so if there's multiple monkeys you can just start shooting them down you've also got that ice ability where you can tap target permanent and you get to draw a card so uh, you'll notice a, a big theme amongst these cards is all about that delay factor so we're going to go for that all right tap this down sweet cool makes sense um we're also going to be got that prismatic ending just exiling permanence that we don't want to have to deal with um so works out well against planeswalkers works out well against creatures works out well against enchantments artifacts you name it we can get rid of it as long as it's a non-land permanent 
You do have to cast more mana into it depending on the cost of it, but we have enough. We're basically a three color, four color list, if you will, because we have the triomes in there that we can be able to spend as much mana as we need to to exile pretty much most threats, minus some Tron threats out there, but that's we're, we're going to be faster, hopefully, in theory. Question, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, this version is running some more um, delay factors and, and speed things up here with um, Faithful Mending and Remand are in here. Both, of course, cycle in a way by the uh, fact that they draw cards. Remand is that delay big time. Hey, cool, that's great that you want to cast that. Just wait a turn or just try to cast it again. You know, I'll cycle this and draw something else. Uh, Faithful Mending, we talked about in a recent video highlighting cards that might see play from Midnight Hunt. Faithful Mending, you gain two life, draw two cards, discard two cards. So works out really well for us to kind of cycle through our deck. That life is super relevant in this list because we don't really have many creatures, right? You saw the two. We have ways to create creatures, but we don't we need at least one of them alive. So we could chump block a little bit here and there, but eventually we have to keep one alive. So uh, allowing us not to block, this helps out with that because we can gain some life off of it. Also, it allows us to kind of recycle our deck. If we ever get stuck with something like Emrakul in our hand, we can say, okay, I'm going to Faithful Mending, discard Emrakul, shuffle my library back up because that is, of course, one of the effects of it is that when it gets put into your graveyard, uh, your opponent shuffles their, or your opponent, you get to shuffle your graveyard back up. So that, that little uh, effect does matter there. Um, then of course, lightning bolts in here, you know, hey, more removal, a little poke in the face there, kill some creatures, kill some planeswalkers, very versatile. That's kind of a, similar to that fire and ice of what we're trying to do with it. So it's kind of removal delay slash other delay speed up cycling effects is how we're, we're playing it. Now, there are cards that you've been seeing up here cycling, Hard Evidence, Dwarven Mine. Those are our creature generations. So um, starting with Hard Evidence here, it's a sorcery, one blue. It's a common for, like, nothing that you have to really stress about. You create a crab, though. That's the important part. An O3 crab, and you get to investigate. The investigation, not as really relevant, but, hey, being able to sack it draw a card can come into handy later on again we're talking about this we're trying to speed up go through our deck quickly the cards that we're either doing are delaying speeding up how we get through our deck to find things like our indomitable creation so having the crab is important um, so there's hard evidence in here these previous versions ran more of them uh was running four of i mean it's it's fine it works but uh it's it's adjusted um kind of some numbers here right so running two this time with this list and then of course we got the four of dwarven mines now dwarven mine is a mountain so you can be able to fetch it up that's the most important thing and one of the main reasons why this deck is able to see play in modern is because we've got these ways to fetch up essentially creatures right now enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three or more mountains so early on you could fetch it up just get a creature no problem if you have your three mountains that you need, sweet. That means that you're already in line to be able to cast your Indomitable Creativity off of this Dwarven Mine here. So uh, when Dwarven Mine enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one red Dwarf Creature Token. Now you do have to destroy one of your creatures, so having these ways to generate is important. Plus having a, a 
land have an ETB effect that generates a creature, allows you to kind of hold up your land, your fetch land, until you really need to be able to cast Indomitable Creativity, right? Oh, opponent's end step, sweet. Fetch up Dwarven Mine, untap here. Now I'm gonna be casting Indomitable Creativity, get Emrakul, win the game. The deck is very straightforward as kind of combo-y styles of play. Um, it is fast. We talk about this in Modern, it's a turn four for format where a lot of games are trying to be decided by that turn four or even ended by turn four. So having something where you can cast a basically a win con on turn four makes a lot of sense. You can sit here and be able to hopefully catch that Emrakul if it's not in your hand. And if it is, well, guess what? This list does run ways to throw it back into your library. So that is really nice. Now, sideboard side of things is what you might expect, right? We've got protection. And disruption here um, which is kind of the two main ways that people play sideboards in modern right so we've got our protection hey there's fluster storm there's veil of summer veil of summer in here all right aether gust is also in here these are our kind of main ways to be able to keep us protected blossoming calm is also you gain hexproof until your next turn gain two life and it's got rebound so it's kind of like a double duty protect myself here um, Disruption side of things is kind of our dress down, all right? You draw a card, you can just kind of say, hey, creatures lose all abilities. They're they're just by themselves. They're not, nothing to be scared of. Rest in peace, get rid of those graveyard shenanigans that might be existing in modern because they're still there. They're never going away. Uh, spreading seas is, again, kind of let's cycle through, draw, draw some more cards, disrupt my opponent with some lands a little bit. Same thing with like that Alpine Moon. Sweet, let's... Uh, be able to make a, a land basically lose all its ability and now it's a mountain so these are kind of ways to disrupt against land-based strategies like tron we're not able to run things like blood moon or a lot of land destruction in here we have to be very uh, careful about how our land base you can see like we've got a lot of fetches we are running a four color list so there are things like stomping ground steven bends sacred foundry right our triome is in here okay so the main thing is to get, it, it's basically a Jeskai list, but you're running four uh, colors so you can get access to things like Ren and Sex. You also get access to things like Veil of Summer. Uh, so the way that this strategy works, it is more consistent. I think there will be other versions of it as people kind of work through it and find uh, the most optimal way to be playing this. I think we're, we're already seeing that change going from this version that was more of that time warp style uh, that was getting seen about a month ago in September. Now we've moved into October and already in, after a few weeks, we have seen um, changes to the list and people are, are streamlining the way to be able to play here. So I really like this idea of a deck that's existing in modern. I think these sort of decks and strategies that are just like hey here's this super scary thing that i can just kind of surprise combo kill you with but some of the more consistent decks like jund right have a better chance about this because i can sit here and strip these cards from your hand i can sit here and thought seize you and be able to take some of these pieces that you really really need dumb creativity being one of them it's a sorcery speed so you have to be able to cast it on your turn that gives your opponent a chance to be able to find it catch it off guard kind of thing Things like Teferi make that a little bit easier to help protect yourself, but not when it's on your opponent's turn and they are going to be sitting here and stripping the cards from your hand. So 
It does have a little bit of a hard time uh, against stuff like that. Some of the control matchups uh, can be a little bit tough. Uh, it's, it's basically going to be fighting over who can land some of these important planeswalkers. Um, so, like, if you get the Teferi suite, then we're going to have this battle of uh, Prismatic Ending working hard to kind of exile things. So, really, really cool list. Let me know what you guys think about the list. Are you guys playing it? Have you played against it yet? You know, do you like these sort of turn four combo almost win styles of decks that exist, right? But I hope you guys have been enjoying our modern meta breakdown stuff. We've got some more content coming up. There's going to be some more cube videos coming up. We're going to be working on some more uh, commander games coming up as well. We're still doing that monthly commander game that we've got. Um, and, of course, always got modern content. So thanks for tuning in and watching, guys. And I'll see you guys next game. game.